I hope it didn't catch me saying pop that back. <laughs> pop that that sounded real sexual. Yeah, but the joke, the best part is it's us talking about being old and me going, I need to keep my back realigned at the chiropractor. I just really want them to pop my back. Pop it. Because my lower back hurts. I slept with a pillow under my lumbar last night. Oh, that sounds... <laughs> <laughs> Our guest star today. Will's playing Bop It. Uh, excuse me. Oh my gosh. That was funny. Dying. Uh, we're both also having a lot of coffee. <laughs> this might be my favorite intro to a show. Because <laughs> it's chaotic. <laughs> we caught that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry you lost, baby. Aww. He lost his imaginary bop it. Aww. It was very sad. Bam, 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 bam. True to myself. I don't think I've ever gotten past like 10 things on bop it. I'm not good at it either. Probably. It also okay. just didn't keep my attention. Uh, oh, so I I'm reading. I know I've already told you about this, but I'm <laughs> reading again because whenever you're depressed, you're supposed to have hobbies and enjoy yourself. And I used to like reading as a child. So I'm that's why I do Dungeons now. and Dragons. It make really epic things. Oh, dude, reading has been great, except I read Howl's Moving Castle, expecting it to be the best book ever because I love the movie so much and it's garbage and I hate it and I hate everything and I'm really (laughs) really salty angry about it because that was like my first book back from reading and I was like you know what this is it I can't not love this it's like one of my favorite movies and I hate it I hate it that always sucks incredibly upset incredibly upset so I'm rereading a book that I know that I love there you go there you go (laughs) Fix it I, with something that's a good. Movie. I can't. I can't do it. Uh, but been how, able to read. Well, you've been pretty busy. Yeah, I just fall asleep when I started. I've like charged my Kindle twice and then let it die and then charged it twice and I still haven't read a book on it. I was like, oh my gosh. This week, I mean, I've read a book on my Kindle, but I've been reading lots of manga, so I was like, I'm gonna take a book break and then I'll go back to manga and then I'll go back to books, and I think that constant back and forward will be helps for me i haven't even read a lot of manga one my hero is not releasing new chapters like it ever uh (laughs) and then two uh i just haven't had time and i i still need to read jujutsu kaisen michael keeps texting me where are you at on it and i was like i'm still at (laughs) 0.2 just take a break and read comey can't communicate and you'll never want to stop reading it and it's so cute and i have all of them so you can borrow them from me huzzah (laughs) the next time we play DD, i have um a little gift for you look i have little gifts for everyone oh why do you have little gifts why do you always have gifts? Why are you always sending me stickers? Guess you what always... they are. Are they stickers? <laughs> they're stickers. Ah! <laughs> but they're D&D themed stickers. I have a whole drawer full of stickers. Please. You're welcome. Now imagine Thank me you. though. Imagine I, I, I can't. I don't know how you store your stickers. They're everywhere. That's why I own so many water bottles. Dear Lord. And my computer. And Dear Lord. I mean, I've got like oh, hi, this little packet. Come? Look at this. Look at all these stickers in here. They're organized, but it's really thick. Oh, Jesus. Hootie. Hootie patootie. Oh, he's just chilling down here. He might. He may not stick his head up today. We'll see. Uh, 
Did, well, did there you see that video I tagged you in? I saw it in yes. here. No, the singing one. I was like, that was heavy. Yes. Lauren called me the other night and both dogs just wanted to go on a walk so bad. They were just singing. It's my fault because there's a face. I called you when I got home knowing I had to take them out, but I was also just so angry that I needed <laughs> to get it out. Men are it garbage. Was so funny. And mm. I work at the most stressful grocery store in America. Apparently. And I think it's just your store particularly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't either. Lauren, poor Lauren. Like, <laughs> bad customers follow Lauren. They just, uh, you know, they hope I'm homeless one day. And I say, <laughs> okay. And they want you to close this register now. I'm going to be like, you know what? I probably will be. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Will's in the background panicking like, what? (laughs) It's not even paying attention. It's like that TikTok. I'm going to lose my job. Hootie is paying attention and he is very concerned. He's like, oh, Hootie's like, I I can't be an outside dog. I'm an AC dog. He can't. He would die. I did just order you another sticker. Oh online i did now that you mentioned hootie because it reminded me of hootie i loved that nasty boy thing i sent it to will right after because it's steve it's, it's from it's from that artist <laughs> they, they did a chihuahua drawing and it looks like hootie and it just says nervous <laughs> <laughs> so i bought the sticker of it to give to you yeah, Hootie's a big mama's boy now, and Steve has become a daddy's boy. Freaking Steve. Steve. Will went to go see his mother for Mother's Day, so it was just me and the boys. And Steve laid by the door and just stared at it until we went to bed, and he would not come hither. And it was very sweet, but also super annoying. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like, I rescued you. You, you were mine first, and I need you to remember that loyalty. I was your first parent, and I need you to show me some respect. Thanks. <laughs> oh no, sound like my parents. Oh no, it's always <laughs> the worst when you say something and you hear your mom and your voice, and you're like, oh. and you're just like, dear lord. Oh, I saw Doctor Strange last night. Oh, uh, yay, finally. Don't think I liked it. Oh, no. I didn't like, okay, so I did not like it. I thought it was really fun and the effects were fun. Yeah, there's and... no good plot in it, but it's no. fun. Once you let go of a plot line, you have a great time. But it's a Sam Raimi it's just movie. really I'm not hard for a plot line. It's really hard to let go of a plot line whenever. Marvel is all about plot lines. You know what I mean? But, you know, I just loved... Okay, spoiler warning, go forward. Um, if, you, if you haven't watched Doctor Strange, skip ahead like 10 minutes. Um, but I love old Sam Raimi movies like Evil Dead, where the plot is... Yeah. I read a book, the dead are coming to life, and now I gotta kill him. And that's the entire plot of that hour and a half movie. Which was really funny. And that's funny. also the plot of Doctor Strange, which is what I loved. Which I know was super intentional and really funny. Um, but the acting wasn't great, except for um, 
Elizabeth Olsen. She was amazing. And all of Scarlet Witch's stuff was terrifying and excellent. So, like, as soon as they, like, anything happened to her, I was like, hell yeah, I'm in it. But she she wasn't crawled out of that gong, like, ring style. I was like, (laughs) when she came out of the mist to kill Xavier. Oh, yeah. Terrifying. Did you see on TikTok? I haven't seen any Doctor Strange to you because I didn't know if you'd seen it. She doesn't just snap his neck. It comes off. They somebody recorded it and did it in slow mo. That head rolls off, honey. That head roll, but they <laughs> quickly pan away because they don't want that rated R. And then I was like, oh. yeah, I don't think I would take children to go see this. I might uh, be a little. Oh like, my gosh, oh. the internet is so mad that they cannot go as a family to watch this. But I'm like, it's a little violent, man. It was way more violent some than of I those thought Doctor it would be. Strange comics. They're not all kid friendly. I'm the glad they're thing, getting the kind of trample in that world. My favorite thing was the cape of evil spirits, definitely on Corpse Strange. That was super dope. That but was, also, oof. I don't know. The end credit scene was annoying because it was just introducing another new character. And I'm like, oh. And it's Charlize okay. Theron. And I was like, hold up. <laughs> yeah. When she joined the MCU. But and now he just has Doctor Strange's main love interest that he marries. Yeah. And now he's just got this third eye. Good, Will liked it. I liked it. I don't know how I feel about it. I, I don't liked think it. I liked it. I loved that, what that, That's what Bridget said too. He likes the Sam Raimi isms. Yeah. I thought it was the fun. Close up zoom in, like the camera does this i it's like straight up evil dead and bruce campbell beats himself up a whole movie which is i didn't realize it was bruce campbell until the second after credit scene and then i was Uh, like what (laughs) like i was so angry i I was like waiting they are we went the first screening and so our theater cheered when bruce campbell first showed up and my mom was like who is that? And I was like, remember what I told you in Sam Raimi movies? He always casts his friend Bruce. That's him. And then when he started, what was his name? Like, like Pizza Papa or something. It was something really like that. And so at the uh, end, when he's beating himself up, I was like, that's straight up Evil Dead because his hand is evil and his hand is trying to kill him the whole movie. And that's why he chops his hand off. Spoilers for Evil Dead. Evil Dead. What? Too. I'm kidding. What? I know. But uh, Not like it's been out for a million years. Like 40 years. Um, Holy crap. 40 God, years. I know. It's 20. Oh. It's like 80s, right? So it's almost. Yeah. Like, oh, um, God. The 60s were supposed that. to be 40 years ago. But uh, I loved Danny Elfman's music. And I love oh, that he always. incorporated other themes. Like when Professor X came out and then you heard the 97. the entire theater like lost it my theater was pretty rowdy like not rowdy in a bad way like a really fun hype crowd when things everybody felt the same we all kind of cheered um when john krasinski showed up as reed richard fantastic i was like freaking uh, lost it i was like my mom looked at me and i was like that's been the fan casting for years and then like 10 minutes later all of us were like no yeah and he turned into noodles and no. i was devastated i was <laughs> like oh. someone but, showed a picture okay. on tiktok of blue spaghetti noodles and they're like but but can we just say Wanda being like, good, there'll be someone to take care of your children. Like I was like, oh, oh, so <laughs> but it's so good. She's I such love, a good villain. 
the controversial decision to bring back what's his name is Black Bolt from that horrible Hulu series. And Black Bolt's death was the <laughs> most wicked part. Wet mouth. Because <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah, that's what Bridget just said. Isn't yeah. that crazy? That's I was like, yeah. Well, it's okay. He only had to say one word. What yeah, mouth? Oh, I liked him. He was the best <laughs> actor in Inhumans, which was, that was really bad. That was Bridget oh. said that he he was the best ha- actor in that show. I, I heard it was a horrible show. It was a, it was a horrible show. I don't even think I finished it because I was like, ah, this hurts. That's a lot for you. And it you was, finish everything. You know, it was <laughs> bad CGI too. And the, this dog, the CGI dog is like the main character. I'm like, ah, ah. Oh, it was bad. Um, I think overall, Doctor Strange is not my favorite Marvel character. So... It's always I like, like a. Eh. He's. I like him. I love I how guess. cocky he is. I don't. I just. I didn't really care for the first Doctor Strange. Second, I did like Spider Man, so I was more hopeful for this. But uh, I don't know. I was kind of hoping just, some of the spiders would show up in this, but then I forgot they don't know who Spider Man is. I just. I don't know. I'm kind of over the multiverse. There's a lot of it going on right now and there's about to be ten thousand more things of it so i'm I'm really into it it. i uh really want more wong okay wong being protect your minds will laughed so hard he was the only person in the theater that laughed ours all laughed oh y'all should have been at our crowd ours laughed and And i love wong (laughs) it was because of the way he said it i laughed because his face shook when he said it it was like <laughs> <laughs> was, uh it was really funny wong is like so over the top like way more over the top than when he speaks normally and all of a sudden he's like, ah! like it was funny wong is one of my favorite characters because i think he's so funny but he's also so powerful I love him as Supreme. Come here, and- babe. Do you want to come be part of this conversation real quick? Okay. <laughs> he thought about it for like two seconds. Welcome to our special guest star, William hey, Weaver. Husband, Will. Welcome, Will, to the podcast. Oh, shit. I didn't even realize we were on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're recording. Well, you were already having this conversation, so. Okay. You know, so you're like, on the morning. Oh, we did. Okay. Cool. We did. We, right. we told him to skip ahead for spoilers. Okay. But I you... love Wong. I think yeah. he is the what I loved him in Shang-Chi making an appearance. And then I just love like he's like a comedic relief. Like when he has the like cloak of evil spirits, and he's like, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. <laughs> I didn't think I liked him until he fell off a cliff, and then I was like, no. <laughs> it took him almost dying for you to I wanted him it. to die. Like, I was oh. like, oh, okay, cool. Good for you. He's going to die. And then, sure enough, he wasn't dead. No. Very disappointed. No stakes I, in Sam Raimi movies. Oh, man, I love a Sam Raimi movie, but I loved like Sam Raimi. Like, I was telling Lauren, like, you know, Spider Man was different for him. But original Sam Raimi, there's not much of a plot line. It is just like 
violence and fun and yeah that's why i love this one and everybody keeps calling this evil dead four and i was like i'm not mad about it no me either did you catch it his hand made the exact same noise that ash's hand makes an evil dead 2 when it got possessed it's like no pulled from the movie yeah oh. i just watched it at alamo like three weeks ago I need so to rewatch Evil Dead 2, and then I need to rewatch. I always like rewatching big blockbuster movies because the first time you're just kind of engulfed in it, and the second time you get to like break it down. Yeah. But I, I love watching Doctor Strange in 3D because the first one, when it came out, it was the coolest movie. Oh, that was really cool, actually. When he went I, in yeah. that mirror dimension, it was yeah, bonkers. Was so I want to see how this one is because, I mean, they do have some cool stuff. I am the target audience for 2D glasses. Thank you, Hank Green. I absolutely hate 3D movies. So I'll be wearing 2D glasses while you're watching. How many 3D showtimes are there even anymore? I not a lot. DraftCast barely has 3D like filters anymore. Well, I imagine like the screens are expensive and it's not worth it. We don't make enough money on 3D. Like it's twice as expensive as a normal screen and it doesn't look as good with 2D content. So it's like you're basically committing it to be yeah. a 3D screen. Yeah. Isn't AMC moving to laser projection by like 2025 too? Yeah, I think that's what I they, read. Yeah, if they refit everything, they're not going to do 3D moving forward. AMC right? like, had a really dying, cool yeah. popcorn bucket for Doctor Strange though. And I really, like the closest AMC is like Barton Creek Mall to me. And I was like, I don't want to go to Barton but Creek Mall. But is it as cool as the Levi bucket? No, it's not. But this is like see-through, like looking holographic. Like it looks like the box from Spider-Man. And I was like, do I want to buy a $20 popcorn bucket? <laughs> no, you when don't. Warren brings those home. Like we have a Batman one right now. It was I immediately, <laughs> I immediately started cut countdown in my head of like, when can I throw this away for her not to realize? <laughs> it was given to me <laughs> by AJ because he felt bad because we went to go on and you, Batman. You seem and super stoked, so I put like a two month. It was a gift. In my I, head. I have a Wonder Woman eighty four one that I use to water plants. <laughs> Oh, it's gonna, it holds Pedro enough Pascal's water. Face is on that. As it like is the not. It is not the horrible it. gold, gold <laughs> suit that she wears for two minutes. He made that movie. Off. He was so good in that. Pedro Pascal uh, makes like anything that he's in. I really want to watch Unbearable Weight, and I haven't gotten was, to see it yet. Dude, but I've he was heard really good in it. So fun. Yeah, it was awesome. He was it, great. It made me like Nicholas Cage. That's that's mind blowing. That's all I can say. That that's what that's what got you. I have been firmly against nick cage my entire life this did it uh everyone go see this movie i, I can't express I it's only it only a month late in promotions now but uh yeah who cares <laughs> who cares go watch it it's better uh, than dr strange y'all uh, gotta start doing your line april man you're mm-hmm, not gonna make it in time that's true. yeah i gotta go to okay, work that's true i also have work bye bye will thanks and for guest starring thanks everyone for for being patient <laughs> i could talk about dr strange for like hours just because i love sam raimi i know i know oh peggy peggy sit next to me all right you're lying april here we go first four episodes lauren you want to kick us off for a monotone slash sorry cult? i had to and to burp a little bit oh here's your funimation summary uh kelsey's life is has been dull and gray his friend tubaki and Watar. And Watari, sorry, I practiced these last night and have not said them since. Watari. Uh, Watari, try their best. figure out what they were saying. 
to cheer him up that there is no more color in his life. His eyes don't sparkle. However, there is this girl who might just be able to change all of that. There you go. Here we go. So cherry blossoms are falling and a blonde girl is chasing a cat down the streak. Streak. Street. The streak. Really? Street in the park. That's why there's cherry blossoms in my background. They're very prominent in this movie, which is like one of my favorite flowers slash plants. So slash trees. Well, lucky you. Lucky me. Entire show seems to be the number one metaphor in this show. Uh, She meows at the cat, and then the opening credits roll. Uh, I said, "Oh, the show has a byline title that made more sense for me." Uh, I met the girl under the full bloom cherry blossoms and my fate began to change. Your lie in April. Uh, Your lie in April. I never really understood what that meant as a title until the fourth episode. And I was like, ah, I get it. it I have you know, another tie in for that due to classical music. And I can't wait to, to get tell there you about fun it. Fun facts. Yes. Um, so. They're, in the opening credits, it looks like a group of friends. There's a blonde girl. I'm going to say their names because at one point I had their names all wrong because they like call each other nicknames, which was so her hard. name is Kaori. Yeah. Just Kaori <laughs> Mizono, the blonde. That's the blonde girl. The blonde ish yes. boy was Ryota, but they call him his last name Watari the whole mm-hmm. time. Uh, and then brunette girl Tsubaki and her and Ryota Watari are siblings. Yes. And then black haired boy with glasses, Kusei. Um, I love Kusei. He's a sweetheart. Uh, this is very music heavy, if you didn't know. So Lauren's about to just. And absolutely beautifully animated. Oh my it God. is really pretty animated. It is <laughs> it pains a me. drama anime, faux show. Um, so there's pianos, violins, auditorium chairs, but then in the opening credits, I was like, there's naked kids dancing in front of sheet music. Yeah. I don't really that get was that. weird. Cause that's I don't know why they do the that. Show. I think it's because it's like innocence. Cause they take away like all their anatomy and they're like, yeah, yeah. but, it's still, but weird. it's still weird. It's a little bit jarring <laughs> for such a pretty thing. And then you're like, Oh, I always <laughs> they're think close. It's Cause it's like skin colored. Like if you're going to oh, take yeah. away their like anatomy like do like sailor moon style where she's kind of holographic no like the first time i watched it it was very jarring i was like what yeah i was like oh this is pretty naked children ah naked children (laughs) just running through the nothing uh i said i like there's a heavy amount of cat imagery in this very into that um and then we start the show that was opening credit opening credits both opening and closing are very like light pieces there. Everything's piano heavy, which makes sense. Um, so this kid oh, what? Uh Watari and uh and what's her face? They're not siblings. Oh, I thought they were siblings. They are not. Okay, never mind. Somebody in the name? show is a sibling. Tsubaki. Yeah, no, they're not siblings. They just look very similar. It's just sorry that hit me like way after the fact, I guess. (laughs) It's like like three minutes after I said the wrong statement. Laura's like, so sorry. Correction corner. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's the morning. Redact. <laughs> All right. Uh, so bad. I said this kid, which we found out is Kusei, uh, is really into playing this difficult classical piece, but then we realize it's just a daydream. He's not actually playing it. He's kind of like imagining he's playing it. It's Piano uh, Sonata Number 14, Moonlight, Third Move It by Ludwig van Beethoven. Um, he puts in his headphones and his li- and then after he's like done imagining, he puts in his headphones and I laugh because you can faintly hear the music and it's the opening credit song. Um, and then he's like writing some music. He's transcribing. Uh, the brunette girl, which is Subaki, is playing baseball. She gets a home run. The ball goes through the window. <laughs> Poor Kusei. Hits Kusei in the head while he's playing the piano and just like straight up knocks him out. Poor child. <laughs> which is really funny because they draw him dramatically bleeding all the time. Um, well, he is always dramatically bleeding. That is inside something about out. him. <laughs> so i wrote they were in middle school because i'm still jarred from naked children and i was like ah they're like sixth graders um so blonde boy Watson, no they're like eighth graders they're 14 so okay 14 <laughs> i that would have been ninth grade in japan 14 is your last year in um, middle school and then they start high school at 15 oh okay maybe i'm just wrong like in my hero they're all 15 Oh, Those poor children. Oh my gosh. Can you hear my phone? Yeah, it sounds like your computer's farting. Those are all my calendar updates for recording Naruto at 12. <laughs> hey, I really didn't want to forget, apparently. Like, well, uh, we're not going to make it. <laughs> it synced to every calendar I own. Um, so the blonde boy, which is Watsuri, uh, wants Kusei and the brunette girl Tsubaki to get together, uh, which is not going to happen. Tsubaki explains that why later. You don't know that. He says that. He's like, why don't you yeah, and Tsubaki but, get together? But you don't know that. What? We don't know that they won't get together? You don't know nothing. No, no, no. You don't but know I'm saying like in a later show. episode, Tsubaki says, addresses that comment of them wanting to be together. And she's like, let me tell you about him. Um, so Watari, this is me trying to figure out who is who. Watari is a blonde boy, is a soccer player, brunette girl, Subaki. <laughs> this is me because they were like saying names so fast that I was having to Google blonde boy July and April so I can spell it correctly. Um, so apparently uh, Watari is a serial dater, but he's a good guy at heart, according to Kusei. You know, you're in middle school. That makes sense. You have crushes left and right. You're just now discovering what it means to have a crush. And why not? He's too handsome. And it's a, it's a problem for him. Which I hate because my first boyfriend (laughs) was a soccer player and had that same haircut and looks like that. And I was like, I was like, this is uncomfortable for me. Um, He looks exactly like Oikawa from Haiku to me. And I love Oikawa. So every time I see him, I'm just like, his spawn. I love it. His spawn. Love it. Um, I had a dream about Haikyuu. Um, t- it's a weird dream. That Tell me, me later. Ha- we don't have time today. No, we don't have time. Really we already we took up our <laughs> free talking time. Um, so uh, Watsuri tells Kusei this line that sticks like through the rest of the, these episodes we've watched so far is, when you're in love, the world looks more colorful. And you know, it's a really pretty, pretty line. And it's like the mm-hmm. world sparkles more. Kusei goes home and says, hey, mom. But it looks like he was just talking to a photo of his mom. We'll go into that later. 
Uh, that's all we see right now. Uh, Subaki. Oh, you see the full altar. So you know she's I didn't realize it was an altar. I just saw it was a photo. It's an altar. Um, Oh, well, that's depressing. Uh, so Subaki (laughs) is in love with Kusei. Oh, yeah, we talked kind of, I guess I forgot about this. I watched two episodes one day and two episodes another day. So I guess my brain is like, just how could you stop? I wanted to keep going. I wasn't that into the show until the end of the fourth episode. Fourth episode's one of the best episodes in anime to me. I love it. It was really good. But yeah, I until the fourth episode, I was not very hooked on this. Um, you bummed me out, man. Why do you I hate know. everything I like? I know. I'm sorry. Uh, so, do you so, like anime? <laughs> I, I, do I will say this is one of the prettiest <laughs> animes. I really okay. love the artwork. But the storyline just wasn't hooking me. Um but Tsubaki is in love with Kusei. She sees color when she sees him. But Kusei only sees in monotone. When he was a kid, you know, he like started sobbing on his piano recital. And he says, in that m- moment, I knew my days of playing were done. We'll, we'll break down that moment multiple times over a few episodes. It gets more depressing every time. Uh, I realize that my shirt's really depressing because you can't see the bottom of it. Die. It just says I would die. For Kermit. Okay, yeah, that is very. I realized as I'm talking about this show, I was like, you can only see I would die for Kermit. For it's a love shirt. Okay, but you can only see I would die. I I glanced over at the camera. I was like, oh, (laughs) while I'm talking about this, like little on the nose, I guess. I guess that was bad. Um, so Subaki hits has hit Kusei in the head with the baseball. And to get his attention, I was like, "Ow, have you been hit in the head? It's like concrete in there. Ow. Um, Kusei's mom ran a music school and it was her dream for him to play piano. Uh, He practiced and played day after day. And then in these flashbacks, we see that his mom's like in a wheelchair. She has a blanket, a cane and an oxygen, like an oxygen tube and tank. Um, So you kind of think maybe it's cancer or something along those lines. Um, But his mom would yell at him and hit him. Even when he cried, she didn't let up. And she said, because she didn't make it big in Europe. So he has to go in her place. So it's a lot of like generational trauma, which is fun. Uh, What did we watch recently that had generational trauma? Everything. Everywhere all at once. (laughs) It is everything everywhere all at once. That has generational trauma. Um, Oh, man. Um, Yep. So he does his best because he hopes uh, that if he plays better, it'll make her well again, which is so sad because that's such a child like thought of she Mm -hmm. wants me to do this. If I do this, maybe she'll get better Um, because (laughs) because their brains don't work like adults. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Um, And even when he cried, oh, I skipped that part. Uh, So when he was on the cusp of making that happen, his mother died. And so now he just hates the piano. And then there's this line of like, but if you take away the piano, he has nothing, just the echo of a misplayed key. And I was like, this uh, show really likes to give you little bits like that, that just beautiful break your heart, but is so well written. And very well translated. Yeah, I was going to say, this dub is actually really good. because It's one of my favorite dubs. You have, like, one of my favorite dub casts. I'm excited. The voices are great, but, I mean, like, 
normally little bits like that, you know, it's really great in the sub, but when they translate it over, you get some weird, like broken, funny line that doesn't no, they did sense. a really good job with their yeah. translation. Like it's just as impactful in the dub, which normally is not the case. Um, so Kusei finds two yellow heels in a tree when he's walking uh, and some leggings. And then he all of a sudden hears a melodica and someone playing it pretty well. So he follows kind of he picks up the shoes and the tights from hanging from this tree uh, and he follows like the sound of the melodica. And he sees the blonde girl on top of this little art dome, maybe like kid playscape thing and playing the melodica. And all of a sudden the world begins to sparkle a little bit for Kusei. Uh, I wrote in parentheses, I don't think the melodica sounds as romantic as they're making it out to be. It's not supposed to. Okay, good. It's supposed because to be I was childish. Like, the melodica is just not my jam unless you're like goofing off. Well, they're also playing a song from uh, Castle in the Sky, the Ghibli movie. So really? it's it's supposed Aww. to sound childish and kind of dreamlike. Okay. And that's why all the kids are so excited about it. And they're that calling the birds because that's how they get them in the movie. Lauren, that's my next bullet point. Okay, well, I'm very sorry. Please <laughs> excuse me. Um, so the blonde girl is crying while playing and then turns to look at Kusei. She starts coughing and the little kids are saying the pigeons didn't come because they're trying to call the birds. Uh, if they play as one, they think that maybe they can attract them. Uh, the kids have a recorder, another little melodica, uh, and then I guess I didn't Google this. There's little clicky clacky clamshell things that I can't remember <laughs> the name, and I meant to Google it. They're like, they not. start with the C. Cassinets. Cassinets. Thank you. There you go. Clicky clacky clamshells. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I meant to Google that. And I guess I just went to bed. Um, so a big breeze comes and sweeps the red hat off the little kid. And of course, the girl's skirt flew up right when Kusei takes a photo because he's like wanting to capture this moment. And <laughs> it takes a really big twist. And she's like, she thinks he's a pervert and just starts like beating him with the melodica um, and, and the recorder. And <laughs> the kid's like, no, it's my recorder. <laughs> it's a funny moment. But um, apparently, this blonde girl knows Tsubaki, and Tsubaki introduces Kusei as friend A. And then we learned that the blonde girl who's playing the melodica and stuff, her name is Kaori Miyazono, and she plays the violin. Um, so then the credits start rolling, and it's just really pretty shots of Kaori with a really chill ballad that's really soothing. And there are no after credit scenes in this show. At first, I thought Funimation was just ripping me off, but nope. Nope. And that no is, after credits. That is the beginning of your lie in April. Well, oh, my turn. your turn. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Uh, so let me get into these voice actors. Uh, there's really only like a handful of people in this that actually have names. Um, no. But these first four, it's a star-studded little cast. Let me tell you about it. So uh, our very first guy is one of my favorite guys. Of all the guys. Uh, so, uh, Kaose Armara, Arima. Oh my gosh, it just, uh, hold on. It's a work text. All right, we're back. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, Kaose Armara, Arima. My gosh, I cannot say Arima. I don't know why. I couldn't say it last night. It's not a hard Arima. name, it's just there. Um, but his English voice actor is Max Middleman. <laughs> 
You got some chaos at your house today. (laughs) And I love him so much. He plays like all of my best boys. Um, But this one I put in for you. He plays Desmond in The Legend of Ex Machina. There you go. Don't know who that is, but he plays that guy. Desmond in The Legend of Vox Machina? Yeah, that's what I Okay. I was like, (laughs) ha ha ha. Desmond is- That movie with the robot lady. It was like, hold on. Uh, Desmond, uh, I can't think of the char- I know the character because well, I've listened guy. to it. No. Um, he also plays Sabito in Demon Slayer. <laughs> uh, Ryuji Sakamoto in Persona 5. Who Wait, is- who's Sabito? He's the, the guy who helps Tanjiro cut the uh, boulder in half. Oh. But he also oh. plays uh, my best boy, Ryuji. Ryuji. Love him so much. Um, he plays Saitama in One Punch Man, who is the One Punch Man. He is the main character. He is the uh, One Punch Man. He plays at Sushi... Uh, Nija Nijajima Nijajima. Oh my gosh. And Bungo Stray Dogs, also the main character. Plays Ritsu Kageyama in Mob Psycho 100. Uh excellent. Uh Konohamaru Sarutobi in Boruto. So he plays older Konohamaru, who we actually just met in the episode well, Naruto Little Kon- Yeah. Week. My name is Connor. I can read it, but I can't remember it. And he plays Nota in Toradora, who's just this big pervy dorkhead and i love him very much um so yeah that's max middleman i love him like so much his japanese desmond, was- okay desmond for you D nerds in legend of vox machina sorry i had a- i knew it but i couldn't have even been paying attention to my exciting voice actors You've i just been looking my at name desmond. is Kanamaru, little one but he plays the older one uh desmond is the briarwoods um what's it called like chariot driver he's the one that percy basically just shoots his hand off and we see no mercy percy for the first time okay anyway go ahead my name is kanamaru i can't say that kid's name kanahamaru kanahamaru i i practiced it last night and i wrote it phonetically in my notes because i it's like so important that you know his name because that's like the whole show and i was like Well, Japanese voice actor is Natsuki Hane. He plays, and I knew this, I was very proud of myself because I was listening to him because I haven't watched this in sub yet. So I was like, oh, I know this voice. I love this <laughs> voice. This is a good person. And it's uh, Tanjiro in Demon Slayer. Tanjiro. So perfect. He also plays Falco Grease in Attack on Titan. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and Takumi in Food Wars, who is one of my favorite characters in Food Wars. Uh, also, Jacko in Dragon Ball Z, Kin Kandaiki in Tokyo Ghoul, who is the main character, and Kori Hoshiyumi uh, in Haiku, who is a beautiful little bird boy, and I love him. Uh, and then we have Kaori, uh, her English voice actor is Erica Lindbeck. She plays Makoto in Bubble, which is new. Uh, she plays Shion in Tales of Arise, which I hate because Will played that game and she's the most annoying character in that game and it drives me crazy. <laughs> I know her well because she is uh, Futaba Sakura in Persona 5. And she also plays 
Kiros Albertit in Promare. She didn't have like a lot, but everything she had had like a thousand credits for that thing. So she's got good work. Her Japanese voice actor is Ritsa Taneda. Wow, you said that super Texan. I I know. Taneda. I'm like, there's a tornado Um, coming. Get your clothes on. (laughs) She only had like two credits that I knew, but they were big credits. So I wrote them down and that she's Ariana Knockery in Food Wars, who's like the main antagonist. And then uh, she plays Diva in Overwatch. So cool. And then we have uh, Tsubaki. So uh, her cool. English voice actor is Erica Mendez, who has been everyone. She plays Sailor Uranus in Sailor Moon. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> poor, that poor Sailor. We just like ruined that word. She plays Ryuko Matsoi in Kill a Kill, who is the main character. She plays Gon Friesis in Hunter Hunter, who is also the main character of Hunter Hunter. She plays Melissa Shield in My Hero Academia. Uh, uh, Melissa Shield. Melissa Shield, the daughter of David Shield. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was trying um, to figure out why it sounded familiar. Like, how dare you? I'm really Love bad Melissa. at names. If you haven't picked up on that yet. The only woman that izuku has any chemistry with in that entire show is <laughs> melissa shield <laughs> sorry ochako that is true um she's got the personality of a maybe maybe wall. you'll have chemistry <laughs> with the love of your life um she plays uh retsuko in agresico agretsuko agretsuko Agretsuko. She plays Emma in The Promised Neverland, uh, Mako in D- Mai- Makio in Demon Slayer. She's one of Tengen's wives. I, I haven't uh, gotten that far uh, yet. Oh, um, Tengen! And she also plays Heyo, or Hayo. Oh my god, I am not good with names today. I am so sorry. She plays the main character in Shaman King. That, I'm just going to say that. I can't say names right now. My brain is, it's early. She's one of the great wives, just so you know, of Tinjins. Like, uh, I mean, they're all great, but Makio's. She's like the best one. One of them. All right, I don't know. So they there's... all take their turns. It's great. And then the Japanese voice actor is Ayan Sakura. She plays... Ochako Uraka. Oh, sorry, we just bashed your character. Uh, Gabby Braun. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Alice Higag. Gabby. Alice Higagri in Persona Five Strikers, and that's that's it. Yeah, I don't know to play why Ochako and Gabby, like a double whammy, man. I mean, Gabby right. grows on you, no. but Ochako does not. <laughs> No, I really want her to. Midoriya has more chemistry with Sue than he does. He has more chemistry with every person in that show. He has more chemistry with Ida. (laughs) With that's also really true. Yeah, they have like emotional bonds with anyone, anyone other than Ochako. She's just there. Even with Great Boy. Great Boy. I can't think of his name ever. Starts with an M. Oh, Grape Boy. I thought you said Grape. Great Boy. Not Great Boy. No, Minetta. I would. Minetta. Well, Minetta is in love with the Zuku. We, That's true. We that was such that a crazy like, reveal. Oh. And it was like, what? <laughs> I kind of I mean, like it. Though. You're trying to make me like him. And that I worked a Minetta. little bit, but I hate Minetta. 
I love Minetta. <laughs> so is he useless and horrible? Yeah. Do Absolutely. I care? No. Um, <laughs> all right. Where am I? Have I? Oh, yeah, I did that one. Sorry, my bad. And then I've got Watsuri. He, uh, his English voice actor is Kyle McCarley. He plays Yashiro in Demon Slayer. I don't know who that is. I did when I saw Oh! He plays the 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 smell ladies, the smell demons little assistant boy. That's who Yashiro is. Smell demon? Yeah, he's like the flower healer lady in the first season. The flower lady. Maybe it's been a minute since I've seen. Oh, you know oh, what I'm talking about. I love yeah. him. He's a good boy. We like He's him. He's a great boy. He plays Jimmy Huckby in Burn the Witch, uh, Chihiro in uh, Karuko's Basketball. Uh, he plays Saike in The Disastrous Life of Saike K. And he plays. Uh, Shingo Kageyama and Mob Psycho, who is the main character. He plays Ryo in Devilman Crybaby, who's the best evil boy ever, and I love him. Um, and then he plays, uh, oh, oh, you know this one, actually. Huh? It's something we just watched. Huh? Guess. I don't know. You know how much media I consume? We just watched it. Fooly Cooly? No. Oh. Naruto. Oh, uh, does he play the sensei? Yes. Hi. Ruka, Ruka Imono in Naruto. Yeah, this then, last episode we watched, we only get like one line from the sensei, and I was like, whoa. Don't worry. He's Where's in my pandering? <laughs> we love him until the end of time. Uh, Japanese voice actor is uh, Ryota Osaka, and he plays Nota in Tokyo Revengers who I don't know who that is, but cool. And he also plays... Uh... <laughs> oh, he plays Marco Bolt. Bolt? 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 I can never say his name correctly in Attack on Titan. He plays Marco. Marco Bertolt. dies. It's Bertolt. Bertolt. Marco... It's not Bertolt. Bert... Mark... Oh, that's Bertolt. Oh, yeah. Marco, like, is in... Bolt. Marco... <laughs> Which one's Marco. He's the one that gets like cut in half behind the oh. scenes. John's boyfriend. Is it cake? Yeah. Is it cake? I hate you. Uh, but he also plays Kenji uh, Akashi and Haiku. And if y'all remember, I've gone over this character before. Uh, check out episode 19 of our podcast to find a secret surprise of what else this character does. And it's all naughty. Um, so instead of doing fun facts, I just did the music in this episode instead because there's lots of fun facts about music and we love that here. Uh, so the opening credits is called Hikaru Nara and it's by a group called Goose House. They also do the ending too, so it's fun. But the main theme of Your Lion April, since I love the soundtrack for Your Lion April, I went ahead and gave you the name for it. Uh, it's Kimi Wa. <laughs> Can I say it though? That's the question. <laughs> it's Kimi wa wasuriyo aiwa. Yeah. And uh, it's a beautiful theme. It plays through the entire thing and we love it. And it's by uh, Masaru Yokimama, Yokimaya. Uh, 
And he has written several soundtracks for like 50 billion animes, including Fruits Baskets, which is probably his most famous one. But he does a lot of like love dramas. Fruits Basket has a prequel coming out in June. It does. I've never watched Fruits Baskets. Michael uh, loves it. I've had a thousand people tell me I need to because I do love. Michael texted me yesterday, better start binging. <laughs> I was like, I don't have time. Threatening. That's um, a lot. It's a lot to binge. Uh, as Bridget said, the uh, movement that our homeboy is playing at the beginning is Piano Sonata Number no. 14, Moonlight Third Movement by Ludwig von Beethoven. It was, create, it was completed in 1801 and dedicated to Beethoven's pupil, uh, Countess Gucciardi, Gucciardi um, who studied under him for several years in 1802, which is when it was first performed for the first time. You said time. it very Japanese, but it's probably very Japanese. What can I say? <laughs> you, I think it's you've a, like switched countries multiple times on it's a, I think it's Italian. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's all I can say about that. I'm doing my best, y'all. <laughs> It's a lot of complicated. We are jumping for me today. Yeah, (laughs) pronunciations and dialects here. He wrote the sonata in his 30s. There was some controversy about it because at the time he was working on like a lot of commission work. And so everyone thought this was a piece written for someone else as someone else, but it was his own. And so he really had to fight for that. And now it's one of his most beloved pieces so that's it's cool. very popular especially if you ever get a baby lullaby soundtrack moonlight mm-hmm. sonata is always on it it's excellent not this movement the first one yes but uh this one's much less relaxing than yes. the other one so what but it's still super popular oh, if yeah. you were ever in band you have heard this and it's like a 40 minute sonata which is great fun. um i could not imagine doing that and then the song they were playing on top of the Jungle Gym, like I said, is PSO's Fanfare. It's from uh, the Ghibli movie, Castle in the Sky. Um, very cute. We love it. It's the only fun fact I had for that. And the ending song is Shigaitsi <sighs> Wakimi Uso by Goose House. Oh, I did that one good. There yeah, go. that was good. You just had to roll with it. You just got to breathe really confidently much. and just all at once flow out. I'm doing my best. If I say any of these right and y'all call me out on it, you can suck it. That's all I have to if say. If you say any of these right, they can call you out on it. If I say any of it. these wrong. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm tired. But still call her out if she's right and give her kudos. Yes, I accept kudos. There we go. There you go. Uh, here is your Netflix Funimation summary, not Netflix summary. I'm so used to it. Uh, <laughs> for uh, episode two, Kusei Tsubaki and Watari sit to watch Kaori's performance, which ends up unlike anything else they've seen. Kaori just seems to have a way with music completely different from how Kosei was taught. The end. And this episode is called Friend A, which I still don't know why they do that, but maybe it'll be revealed. No, they've already said it. Friend A is like the not important friend to the plot like he's like the nameless character that just helps uh, along. so like, he's not a main character so that would be like main character story grocery cart number one like yeah does. okay yeah he's grocery just named cart? friend That's a what I went. because he's not yeah yeah interest worthy i guess it's so rude yeah i know 
Here we go. Here we go. So there's a competition at 3.30, but it's 3.20. Kaori's real chill because she's the fourth one up and the rest of them are stressing. Um, <laughs> they made it there just in time. This music hall looks a lot like the UT music building, which was very kind of jarring for me. As it really know. does. It looks it really like does. UT's music it looks building. a lot. It looks a lot like Texas State's music building, too. I'm not yeah. And like the inside, I, I like Texas State, I guess I'm so familiar with that it did, didn't seem, but I, like UT, I only went like once a year and judged um, solo and ensemble and, but not judged. I worked the rooms. I didn't. Well, know. I did my college auditions at Texas State and it, it gave me that vibe because it was nice and small. Yeah. And it I was, was like, oh no. It definitely looks like every single auditorium. I was like, they, they did great. I'm studying it. <laughs> On studying right. the auditor, I know you. I watched you, and now somehow still made it over Zoom. My bad. Um. So I went. Do all music schools have that same exact type of brick in the lobby? Because everything looks like that. I think they do. I think yeah. They do. It's the same tan brick. Like I could like smell it and feel it. Like when I saw it, I was like weird. Um, yeah, you could. Sorry. So Kuse starting. Kuse is starting to have a panic attack about being in a music hall and the recital is now starting to happen. Uh, this is where I said they really did their research on a concert hall and the architecture because <laughs> it <laughs> looks just like a real one. Um, everyone is looking at Kuse and remembering how amazing he was as a pianist and wondering where he's been. Poor kid. Uh, too much attention on him. I know. The Sweet prelims baby. for the middle school violin competition are beginning. Uh my note i miss band i don't miss having to practice all the time to be good though <laughs> um so the beethoven violin sonata number nine is being played for the first contestant that's their set piece um i love that uh subaki is whining that it's the same song over and over again but it's the set piece which is you know i mean that was a chair test basically um so in this contest, everyone gets an accompanist. That's pretty rare. And I was like, every solo and ensemble piece had an accompanist when I was in middle, like high school. Like I hated having it because I only got to practice with her like three times. And then it was like, it threw me off, but she was a professional and she just like followed along with us. And I was like, eh. she was like, do not pay attention to me. I will follow you. And I was like, but I keep following you. Yeah, only ever had choir auditions, so we had to have an accompanist to everything. Oh, so in solo and, and ensemble, like for band, like we had a piano accompanist for all of our solos. So hmm. fun. They were very Love nice that. ladies, though. They are very um, nice ladies. But I, like I said, we only got to practice with them like three times, and they're like, "Okay, I know it." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm not used to it." Um, so. He's noticing the violinist is rushing and he's murmuring that then he's calmed down and he'll get this. Um, the head, head judge voice seems really familiar. I'm sure you'll go over it later. It's Mr. I Kuna. cannot wait. Because I, I made a note just for you because I was like, this seems really familiar. And I stopped myself from looking it up so that you could tell me. You're going to be so angry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why does this voice sound so familiar? It is your least favorite person. Dang it. We've ever talked about on the podcast. Dang it. Oh no. 
Uh, I can't think of that right yet. Um, so I'm, you're, I'm going to say it. You're going to get pissed. I'm so excited. Great. Continue. Kaori is up next. Uh, everyone's kind of taken away by her beauty. Uh, they start cheering for her loudly in the audience. And Kusei is like shushing them. Like Subaki and Watari are cheering. And he's like, no, that's not this kind of thing. Subaki um, and Watari are adorable. And they're great they friends. They have no idea them. how to be an audience in a music competition. It's really funny. But they just, they're such good friends and i love them so much they're just um, like yeah that's my dude yeah, let's I go i would have hated them at my recital oh, I, I would have loved them not love attention on like for re- i i love attention for like theater stuff but like when it was music i guess i wasn't confident in myself i gosh i hated solos and jazz band um what time i would hide behind the music stand and my director gave me the music stand that was like overly greased so like midway through the solo it just fell and i was like no <laughs> no <laughs> um but so when she goes up and right before she starts playing she says elohim masaim elohim masaim most most humbly i implore you and i said is she praying is this greek it's uh it's hebrew it's hebrew Mm-hmm. it's a hebrew prayer and it's because uh, i know it means God's jesus power. says elohim <laughs> on, yeah. the, on the cross and that was it that's as far as i got in that translation i was like oh no that's one of my fun facts that's a hebrew prayer it means uh god's power i implore oh. or in god's power i implore um so she changes her dynamics and tempo differently than the others she's playing beethoven's kreutzer um, and they say she owns it the way she's playing. And the judge h- hates it. The head judge hates it. The companyist is having a hard time keeping up. <laughs> and Princey's obviously, I'm still bitter about this because that was not good. I said, although we were told to play like the companyist wasn't there and they would follow our lead. <laughs> That's what we were told in our solos. Um, Kuse says, this girl, she's beautiful. And she gets a loud round of applause when she's done. Um, She's won no awards, though. And one judge asks, how on earth is she not famous already? She won't place because she didn't play the score the way it's written. It'd be one thing if it was a recital, but this is a contest. Like, it's like solo and ensemble. So you have to follow the sheet music. Like, when it says, you know, you have to follow the dynamics. Um, She plays for the feeling and joy it brings people. Uh, some little girls give Kaori some flowers after the show because of how beautiful her music was. And the judge says the results will be posted soon. But she says she doesn't care about placing, just about playing and how the music enchants people. Um, Watari rushes past Kuse to talk to Kaori. Kuse sees uh, Kaori's hand shaking while she's waiting for him. Like we get a weird close up on her shaky hand. Uh, and for him to say what she thought about her performance i thought it was because of like maybe she had a crush on him or something but we'll see later she looks up to him i don't Everyone think that's what the shaky hand was though i think the shaky well no hand, but yeah. she does care about his opinion because yes. of who yeah, he yeah. is yeah i mean that obviously but the shaky hand i thought was because of that and it's not um she runs <laughs> off with watari uh and then we see that the audience favorite which never was a thing with us, uh, makes it to the second round too. So Kaori does get to go on to the second round because she was the audience favorite. Kuse is laying on sheet music and daydreaming about Kaori's performance. And <laughs> because he got to leave PE early because he got hit in the head with a free throw in basketball. Shocker. And it was his own free throw. Like he's yep. the free throw line. He just goes, <laughs> which Sweet is great. Kid. 
Uh, <laughs> sports is not his thing. Watari is checking in on him, asking why he's acting weird. Uh, Watari is really good at giving girl advice, and Subaki is mad that Watari broke another one of her friend's hearts. And he says, I'll walk her home. Um, so it's just kind of funny. Uh, so Kusei is torn between wanting to hear Kaori play again and if he doesn't want to because of his trauma with his mom and how that's like now tied into music. He sees Kaori on his walk home. Kusei doesn't know what he's feeling, and I wrote in parentheses, it's love. Uh, it's what? What? And so he's just <laughs> awkwardly staring at her and not talking. She says, Are you trying to sneak another peek at me, pervert? <laughs> Which was funny. Uh, Kaori wants to surprise Watari, so she's just been waiting around on the sidewalk on the walk home. Uh, Kusei lies and says he's still in soccer practice, so she doesn't know that he's walking another girl home, kind of to protect her. He's um, a kind boy. I know. The kind boy. We and love she him. says she's going to go take a look at the soccer team and Kusei starts panicking and he's like, no, no, they like have a competition and they really need to practice. And she goes, oh, he won't like me if I bug him. So she turns to Kusei and says, he, you're going to be my stand-in for Watari, which is like, uh, and so oh, this is my note. They all call Ryota by his last name, Watari, because in all my notes right now, it says Ryota and I've just been subbing in Watari. Uh, and then that is the end of that episode. And so I only have one voice actor, and that is for the judge, Mr. Kazama. Kazama? Kazama. No, I want to. It is. Because I wrote it down. It That's... is Kazama. Oh, yeah. Kazama. You're right. Um, do you want to take a stab at no. who he might be? No. He's your favorite Cockney gentleman, Robert E.O. Speedwagon. <laughs> So if you want me to go, I thought I was that, done with him. If you want to go further into that, uh, go listen to episode 28 of Gateway Anime Podcast. I give you all of his details there. I'm so mad that he's like this like elegant judge now and <sighs> love it. Um, his Japanese voice actor is Nobo Tobita and he plays... Oh, no one important. I didn't even write anything down. I just said random guys. What a what a suspenseful moment there, Lauren. There you go. I was no too excited important. about Robert E.O. Speedwagon. So I didn't mad. write down the rest of his stuff, even though I've already gone through it because I got to the end and I was like, oh, I've already <laughs> done this. I have to make a spreadsheet now because we've gotten so many voice actors. And sometimes we watch older shows, so it's the last thing on your bullet points. Yeah. Like, oh, so now... This. This week, I have to go through and make a spreadsheet of voice actors you so I don't go over them. I do. I'm actually really excited. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you love organizing spreadsheets. You were my blessing when we it. worked together because you <laughs> made spreadsheets. And I was like, bless. I remember that. I was like, this was messy. So I made this. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh, I love it. I still use your, oh. you like gave Michelle like a, what an event manager does spreadsheet. I still. Oh, I forgot name. about I that. Stole it. Really? And I still give it to people because I'm like, hey, here you go. I'm glad. I'm glad that it's still of use. It's somewhere. Still, a in lot the of world. your spreadsheets are still in use. When I got my draft house account back, I was like, oh, pull all these back. Plus, oh, that makes me so happy. I, let me tell you, my I still have all your Ghibli show flow notes too, just in case we ever host them again. Because you spend so much time on those, I've well, saved them. 
if you ever want more, I loved writing those. So <laughs> I'll do it for free. Woot. Let's There's do this it. one fruit fly that keeps landing on my I thought you were doing like an excited dance no. for a minute and then you just kept going and I was like, what's happening? There is one fruit fly. It got in here yesterday when I was watering my flowers and it keeps landing on my face. Like right oh. here and right here. And I'm like, ah. Mr. Miyagi, you are not my dude. No, I'm not. I need chopsticks to catch that fly. Ah, well. Let's go over the music of this episode. So the first one we have is Violence Not a Number Nine or Kreutzer. 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 By uh, Ludwig von Beethoven. It was uh, written in 1803 and it was a sonata for the violin and piano, which was incredibly difficult. It's around 40 minutes long. So they only used the middle and end of it for this episode. And it was named the Kreutzer Sonata after the famous violinist Randolph Kreutzer, who this was dedicated to, but he refused to play it because he hated the piece. <laughs> um, and then we have that was a, a gross laugh, but that was really was, funny. Too. I liked it. I don't know why that genuinely tickled me. <laughs> then we had a Sonata 47 called uh, Adag Adagor. <laughs> Something. <laughs> sonata 47 it's a beethoven thing there you go and there you it's go part, just do sonata numbers it's it, it's the last part of the sonata that i just said the Kreutzer sonata and that's the very end of it but it had its own part because it is technically separated so i wanted to give you both parts just in case you just want that one part Okay. And probably at the end of us covering this, I will make a playlist of all of this music so that Aww. you can I'll Spotify link it for you. The so first you official gateway in my Spotify playlist. There you go. It'll be cute. And uh that's it. Those are all of the songs for this episode. Dope. So Oops. episode number three, Inside Spring. Here is your Funimation summary. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh Kelsey and Kaori spend some time together and it's talking about Kelsey's past. Will he ever be able to play the piano again? Question? Question? What happens if he can never overcome his fear? Will color ever return to his life? Question? Question. Oh no. I forgot to get the voice actor for his mom, um, but I did write down his mom. So you'll get that in a later episode. No voice actors. Okay, mom. Yeah, she comes back to traumatize them, I'm sure, with yeah. any more episodes. <laughs> she does. She does for <laughs> sure. Uh, so you'll have to remind me that I didn't actually write down those voice actors. Ma'am. Ma'am. <laughs> I'll make a note. Thanks. Wait, was there another one or is it just mom? No, it's just mom. It's okay. Saki Arima. And I, I wrote her down. I put English, Japanese, and I didn't write anything else down. I guess I just <laughs> overlooked it. My it's bad. like me with clicky, clacky, clamshell things. I did do five pages of notes for this, though. So my brain just did not. That is not okay. Do it. We have 20 minutes. Go, 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 go. Here we go. go. Inside spring. Caramel, apple, nut, waffles sound really gross to me. Uh, but it's Kaori and Kusei at this. Just the. It's too sticky. Uh, we're at this eatery. And he goes, from extra to stand-in. Great. Um, Kiori is a big fan of dessert and likes to take pictures of her food. I won't say this comment. I won't. She's too foo-foo for me. But 
Uh, I love her. I, she's just not my person right now. She grows on me at the end of this. Subaki is though. one of my favorite characters. I love Subaki. Yeah. I love Subaki, but I do like Kaori for what she what she does for Kosei. At the end of this episode, she grows on me, and then the whole next episode. Um, some little kids start playing the piano and Kaori says, what a happy little piano grinning from ear to ear. But Kusei is much more like black and white monotone, you would say, uh, uh-huh. pointing out that the flowers on its water damage waiting to happen. And he sees like the world kind of glass half full, glass half empty. Um, so Kaori is trying to get Kusei to play the piano for the kids and Kusei finally gives in and helps the little kid play the piano, but a fancy version of Twinkle, twinkle, little star. Uh, Kaori sings along, and Kusei starts riffing along on the piano, but then suddenly, Kusei gets really a shaky moment, kind of panic attacky, and then stops playing, and he says he can't play anymore. And the kid's like, oh. Um, Kusei runs off and goes to feed the kitty across the street, this really adorable little black cat. Uh, and then kusei used to be called the human metronome and played with an orchestra at age eight which was crazy that's how good he was at the piano kaori asks why he gave it up and he says he plays the notes but he can't hear them like he it's just so his brain just goes into full trauma mode and he can't hear the sounds of the piano he says he's fine playing at first but the more he concentrates the more it begins to consume him and the notes are like gone petals caught in the spring wind um they're just suddenly pulled from the tree and gone forever um Kiori tells them uh that whether tells him that whether he's sad or hurt or deaf he has to keep playing for people like us um which is referring to her and so Watsuri's words start making sense. When she's in love, she is beautiful. She's beautiful. She starts like glowing. She's in love with dessert and with music. And when she starts talking about things like that, uh, she starts to like sparkle and glow, which is, you know, I like that too. she's that for him, whenever he sees her in love, it's not with uh, Watsuri. It's like, it's like she's not just a person in love with just life. life. Yeah. And I love that. But I think that's I'm like such a that. true thing for like people like when people are in their passions like you can just see them glow and yeah that's such a sweet thing to point out and if you didn't notice in the last episode when kusei starts watching kaori play his eyes sparkle oh it's so cute i'm sorry (laughs) so uh kaori says that um she that she will make Kusei her new accompanist and it's destined. Kaori is chasing Kusei and saying he's a quitter and that he must be her accompanist. And it's like a sweet moment. And then all of a sudden they're like sprinting and screaming through the school. And Tsubaki's like, oh, what just happened? Uh, Tsubaki says that she'll keep, she'll help Kaori and make him do it. Uh, they start playing the classical music over the school intercom. And then Kusei walks up to the piano room and sees sheet music posted everywhere. It's in his books. It's in his lockers. It's even in his room at home. It's posted on Tsubaki's window because she's his neighbor. And so he goes to like yell at Tsubaki and it's all over her window. And he's like, ah, so <laughs> literally surrounding his life. Um, they keep the song playing over and over and over on the school intercom for a whole week, hoping that Kusei will give in. Those poor children. I know. They're Can you like, imagine? Just the same song over and over again. It's like Clockwork Orange. Tsubaki <laughs> uh, start, says that Kusei is like having a kid brother around. So Tsubaki, Tsubaki and um, Kaori are like on a bus talking 
on the way home. And they, she said, it's like having a kid brother around. She says that if Kuse never plays the piano again, she's okay with it, but she's only okay with it if it's on his own terms. And as of right now, there's something else stopping him. It's not that he wanted to give up the piano. It was that like the piano was taken from him in a traumatic way. So she said like, if he wants to give it up, that's fine, but it has to be because he wants to give it up. Not because someone took this joy from him, which is like a super mature thing for like an eighth grader to be saying, um, which I love Subaki. Yeah. Subaki is, she's, she, she's so good. She's yeah. so much better too. Just oh, wait. good. I like Subaki. Uh, so I the second her. round of the competition begins. Uh, Kuse is at the school, like not at the competition. Cause he's still not going to do it. And he's like up on the roof, eating a sandwich, hiding. Uh, and I like the way they, the art direction for the scene is Kuse uh, is in the shadows in the very dark and the whole time Kyori is talking to him she's in the sunshine and the light uh, mm. and she draws him literally out of the darkness and in the shadow and I was like um so kusei's at school and all of a sudden kaori is there and she asks why he goes why are you at school your competition and she's like why i'm at school like they, and i love that it like cuts to subaki and watsuri like running around like <laughs> like just searching the school um the prelims are happening kusei is still refusing to be an accompanist and he asks it like in his own head like what can I say to make her give up on me? Which is like the most depressing thought. Like he just wants her to give up on him. Like his. He's uh, so sad. Uh, uh, so Kuse says when he plays, he feels horrible. Like he's at the bottom of a dark sea. There's no light. There's no sound. And they, they really animate that metaphor. And it's really pretty. Um, if and anyone then, ever needs to know what anxiety feels like. Oh yeah. It's like it's you're sinking in the bottom of the sea. Nobody can hear you. And you're literally the, watch, of the ocean is crushing you. Watch episode four of your lion April. That is what anxiety feels like. You're not wrong. Like, and then you're up. also, your heartbeat is like going five miles, 500 miles an hour and you can't stop it. And you're like, and you're just on a stage no. and you can't leave. And you're there. That's and anxiety under, underwater. And it's just the weight of like, tons it's awful oh gosh um, sorry <laughs> i'm gonna use a trigger one uh so let's see where was i oh so in his flashbacks his like cat is talking to him his black cat uh saying you know if you quit you're not a great loss and blah, blah, blah. so basically it's like his uh self-doubt it personified into this cat um so kaori says he's not alone this time and because he used to perform as a soloist and she knows he's rusty, but she wants him to play anyway with her. So Kaori finally bows and she starts crying and says for Kuse, which is like a big, like humbling thing of honor to do that. Um, and says for Kuse to do it for her, to believe in her, uh, like even if he's not going to do it for him, do it for her. And that he doesn't know how close she is to losing heart. And I was like, oh. That hurts. Mm -hmm. So because of that big grand gesture, Kuse finally agrees. Watari and Tsubaki like bust in. They're like, you need to play. And he's like, I already agreed. Which I, is love really funny. I love, love that them. Uh, so Watari and Tsubaki get bikes and they rush them over to the venue while Kuse is studying the music on the back of the bike and they're going to wing it, which made me laugh because he goes, where did you get these bikes? I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry about um, it. And then the last quote for the episode, which I loved, I've always lived in this town, but it's never looked like this because he's starting to see the world differently. 
Love it. That's it. That's it. That's that episode. Uh, here's the music from that episode because I forgot to write down. We'll do mom later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the first one is the twelve variations on uh, Abu Darje Moment, which is uh, by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. It was composed by Mozart at the age of 25 in 1781 or 82. We don't know exactly which one, one of those. And it consists Long of the 12 variations ago. of the French children's song, Avus Darjemelmen. And it's, <clears throat> I'm good with French. It's the only thing. Avus and it's, uh, it's the, uh, it showed up at first in 1761. And it's the base for children's songs like uh, Twinkle, Twinkle Little Star, Baba Black Sheep, and the Alphabet Song. Ba, ba, so it's just like the base of all of those yeah. songs. Um, and then the second song is Piano Sonata 14. Obviously, we already went over that. It's Moonlight. I'm not going to get into it. The, and then the song that they're playing together or that they're supposed to be playing together that they have not practiced <laughs> yet Ooh. is the introduction and uh, Rondo Capricio at number 28 by Camille St. Scenes. And it was composed for violin and orchestra in 1863 and dedicated to virtuoso violinist Pablo de Sarente. And he performed it at the premiere in April 1867. And this is another allude back to April. Um, but the duet for violin and piano was actually made to be a dueling composition instead of an accompanied composition. So it was supposed to be like there were two main Well, that makes sense for contenders. the next episode. Yeah. Because they have a beautiful piano sonata for it. They have a beautiful violin sonata for it. They can both go together or be torn apart. It's excellent. <laughs> That's why it's here. And I do have a fun fact. So at the end of this episode when it was first aired in japan they actually flashed a photo of the four kids on their bikes and reminded everyone that it is illegal for two people to ride a bicycle <laughs> in japan that's so funny don't do don't do that. this um and yeah that's it here is the summary for episode four the journey uh Kelsey and kiori arrive the journey the mine is departure oh mine says the journey on funimation it's departure weird don't know why that happens <laughs> i i pull all of my uh, names off of the wiki page whenever i like do them in my thing and then i just copy them over huh so i don't know why that's a thing might have messed it up who knows um <laughs> That Kausi and Kiori arrive just in time for the competition. However, without a chance to practice the piece, how will Kausi be able to perform? And how can he survive on stage with the memories of his mother haunting him? Bing, bing, bing. These be the questions. These be the questions. Here we go. We've got nine minutes. Oi, we're cutting it close. Uh, so Kusei has flashbacks of how hard his mom made him practice and abused him. And people start rumors that like when he was a kid and he'd walk through that he has sheet music on his glasses because all he ever did was practice and that he wears these glasses to cover up his black eyes. And I was like, oh, that's dark. <laughs> um, so in his head when he was a kid he said nobody knows what they're talking about it's me and my mom versus everyone else which is very abused mindset uh and it's really depressing uh so they're racing to the venue kusei is wearing sneakers and watery's like bro you can't perform in sneakers so they switch shoes which i think is just what a great friend great friendship yeah it's so cute I had a friend, shout out to John Brazil. I one time forgot to bring, we were playing competition 
and uh you know you have the dresses and stuff and I forgot to bring my nice black shoes and so John gave me his dress shoes so I could wear his dress shoes and he just wore his black socks and um no, 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 backwards. I wore his black socks and he wore his dress shoes with no socks. And the director got mad at him for not having socks, but it was fine because nobody knew I'm trumpet and I was in the back and nobody knew I didn't have my shoes. I just was wearing oh. so John Brazil. Good. Shout out Thanks, to John. John. Good job, John. Um, I don't know if he listens to this, but he won't, that was, so that's okay. He was, he was my buddy in band. Um, so now, so Kuse in. Kaori go in and Watsuri looks at Tsubaki and goes, now that we've led the horse to water, will he drink? Which I loved that. Like, that's how that episode in, but not episode, that scene ends with them standing, watching them go. Kaori says the music lives in Kusei and he just needs to feel it. I said, this kind of thinking is why I was bad at jazz. I could only play what was on the page. I am not a freestyler, which I, I very like, I need the rules. Um, so Kuse is thinking. I <laughs> I'm just like, let's go. <laughs> Kuse is thinking how Kaori is like freedom itself, but he's thinking it. But then you like can tell that she knows what he's thinking because she turns to him and says, "No, I'm not. That freedom is what you'll find out there." And I was like, "Oh, oh." I also love the scene right before whenever they're like, he's like looking down, and she says, "No, look up at me. Look at me. Yeah, and, like stop staring down. Ugh, love it." Don't look at love the music. It. Look at me. And I'm done. Um, so, so the judges start recognizing Kusei and saying, oh, the robot and the free spirit. How's this going to work? Uh, Kusei is really in his head, but so far he can hear the notes as they start, as he's starting to play the piano. Uh, Kyori gives Kusei a look and starts riffing. And so Kusei has to think on his feet and keep up with what she's doing. Uh, the notes start vanishing from the page, the sheet music all of a sudden, and Kusei starts feeling like he's underwater, which the way they animate, like the water coming over the piano and it getting dark, like he's at the bottom of the Mm -hmm. ocean was really cool. Uh, so suddenly Kusei starts getting off and now they're off tempo from each other. And the judges, of course, notice it pretty quickly. Kusei is panicking. And one of the judges says his performance is drowning Kaori's performance, which he's an accompanist. So he's not supposed to overtake her performance kuse stops playing and is just struggling and looking at the piano and it looks just like when he was a kid his last time he played where he just stares at the piano and is looking down that's really sad um so uh kaori suddenly stops playing her piece too and kaori whispers don't worry i know you can do it and then she looks at kuse and says again and she then trust in me take another step which is like something she was like, it was just so sweet. So they begin to play the piece over again, which they technically still can do. Yes, they're going to get points deducted, but you have a certain allotment of time that you can play. So if you don't run out of time, you're still in the running. Um, So Kiyori starts playing, but Kusei is still hesitating. Then he remembers Kiyori saying the song is in him. Just shut up and look at her and not at the music. And I was like, uh so kusei starts up again but they're still out of sync then he realizes that he saw and heard the sheet music for a week straight they had plastered it everywhere they played it over the intercom so he knows it's in him he just has to draw it out so he has a flashback of his mom being kind when he 
first started playing the piano, saying not to hit the keys. Imagine he was the piano. Imagine it was a little kitten. And then she proceeds to really beautifully sing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star to him. And I was like, oh, this is confusing. So we've only seen like this horrible mom. And then we see like the beginning of his piano journey and how beautiful it was. Mm-hmm. So Kuse says he has to imagine the sound if he can't hear it and he has to feel it and play it with his whole body, which is important because they talk about in this episode how Beethoven couldn't hear uh, mm-hmm. the music. So he had a stick that he would hold in his mouth and put on the piano so he could feel the rhythm. Uh, and so he's like, you can do it. You're the best composer in the world couldn't hear the music either. So um, they both play and they they start to sync up with each other. And then it becomes like what you said, almost like dueling. I uh, just love that because since he doesn't know the accompanying part, the part that he knows is the solo part. He's a solo pianist. So they just attack they just it together. Play two solos together. And yeah, it's, it's so great. good. They work it, in harmony with each other. I watched it twice. I like rewound it and was like, yes. <laughs> um, so they both get a standing ovation and Kuse starts imagining laying under the cherry blossom tree and saying, April, it's almost over. Um, Kuse says he feels the cold, dry air and the scent of dust in the auditorium, which is what he says in the very beginning of the show when they're in the auditorium. Like that, that's what it feels like on stage. Um, and thinks my journey it has just begun which i thought was like really pretty that's how we're gonna end but then (laughs) i was like ah but then all of a sudden you just hear this horrible collapsing noise and kiori just is passed out and dropped on the stage and that's how the episode ends is like her just passed out on the stage and you don't know what happened my last note is she's got cancer calling it now uh, so that is the end of that episode. The end. I don't have any fun facts. I don't have any music. Yeah, it's depressing. Um, uh, but yeah, that's the beginning of your lie in April. It's a it hooked me by the, the first two episodes. I was like, oh, it's cute, but it's then, a really like, good show. Third it's and really fourth, sad. I was like, oh. prepare yourself. I'm having a feeling it's going to be like a walk to remember kind of feels. I am always more hurt for. Kosei that I am for Kaori. And well, Kaori has embraced what her life is and what her destiny is. And Kosei is the saddest. Is not. He, he, she's got to help him get to that point of acceptance. It's, it's a walk to remember, man. Ugh, Mandy Moore, make me cry again. Hate a walk to remember. God, I loved it as a kid. As a kid, uh, sure. Have you watched it recently? No, I don't want to ruin that for good. me. <laughs> uh, so next time we're going to cover episode five through eight. Episode five is Grace, guys. So we're already starting ominously after that. Episode six, On the Way Home. Episode seven, The Shadows Whisper. And then episode eight, Let It Rain. Oof. Oof. And if you're a Patreon member this Friday, also, you get a, another Naruto episode. We're going to do two episodes. Two show episodes per patreon episode right yes that's what we said yes, i was confused on what our wording was last time i know i was gonna double check that with you too. okay it was two two sounds good we'll, we'll, we'll make the decision and we were much. just like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah we do that, we do that. uh okay two okay i need to watch one more and then we'll have to record another time because i have a meeting in one minute oh my gosh well then uh let me just say that we love anime and we love you. And I would die for Kermit, not just I would die. 
She wouldn't just die. <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't just die. Only for Kermit. And maybe for Beethoven. We'll see. <sighs> oh, All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for watching Gateway Anime Podcast with Bridget and Lauren. Please remember to like, subscribe, and download our episodes. Remember, we also have a Patreon, so if you want to suggest shows for us to watch, make sure you go visit us. Special thank you to Marjorie McClendon for our artwork and designs, and Drew Griffith for all of our music. We hope to see you again next week.